up. Good morning. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Eric Lang Show. I'm Eric. And uh, wow, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here. Not alive. I'm just excited to be in my house, which still exists. Very excited. I thought um, I thought my house would... I just, you know, I just always leave and I expect it to just burn down. L.A. is uh, like Mad Max or Blade Runner over here, you know. And every time I come home from a several week trip, I'm just shocked that everything's still intact. Uh, how is everybody doing? I, um, I got to tell you, the trip was a little exhausting. <laughs> I... I was, uh, for the podcast listeners out there, obviously, mom, dad, and another another handful of y'all, um, I was expecting to record a lot more uh, golf-centered podcasts in Scotland because it's the home of golf, number one. Uh, and number two, uh, I don't know, I just thought it'd be really fun to record podcasts with all sorts of wonderful, wonderful Scottish people. That's that's the main thing. If you haven't been to Scotland yet, um, you know, some people say, what, what would you suggest? Uh, what's your, what do you recommend? I want to go to Scotland. I'm going to Scotland. My biggest suggestion is talk to as many fucking Scottish people as you can everywhere you go. Be open to that because a country is otherwise a piece of property that has no personality. But when you talk to the people there, that's that's when you travel. And... Scotland is, I would say, the best country in the world uh, for 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 being open, right? I mean, tourism is in and of itself a bit of a fucked up, um, you know, um, industry. I guess you know, you're you're. I mean, it, it shouldn't be actually. Now, if you if you break it down, if you're traveling somewhere to play golf, why would it be um, anything other than awesome? You're basically giving a country and its people the highest compliment that they can get. You're spending your hard-earned money and even your more invaluable and irreplaceable time going there. And so it's sad when you go to, well, I haven't been to Morocco, uh, <laughs> so I can't say from experience, but some some people I know have been to like um, Marrakesh and they've said it's just a fucking mall. Um, or, you know, I don't know, I've been to I've been to some places where you're just like, God, get off my back. Let me just like stop trying to sell me shit. And in Scotland, they don't want to sell you anything. In fact, sometimes you have a hard time buying things. But the people there, they don't want to sell you anything. They they want to know what you think of their country. And they want to help you have a better time. There were countless times. I mean, I could probably count them. There weren't that many. But no, there, there were. It was, it was every day, at least, where someone said, how was your round? How was your trip? Where are you going next? Where are you going to eat? There were times where we would, uh, you know, just strike up a conversation and all of a sudden end up, you know, kind of eating food with somebody or, you know, and so that I was, I was wanting to incorporate that personality into the podcast, but the truth is we just had no time. We were going, going, I'm going to adjust the mic, watch your ears. What is going on with this mic? Anyway, we, we were just constantly on the move. So anyway, um, I apologize. I was really looking forward to doing more of that, but it just, we were trying to basically not die. <laughs> we were all just trying to stay alive. It was, to just give you an overview of the trip, if, if you weren't aware, um, you know, uh, Christian Hafer, one of my uh, friends from Philadelphia, from, sorry, I'm from Pennsylvania, uh, he actually lives in the town right next to where I went to rehab when I was 16. Little old me, 16 with a drug habit, needing to turn his life around. Kind of like uh, Rocky, you know, except uh, totally different. Um, anyway, Christian was like two months ago or so, maybe more. He was like, dude, sign up for this uh, golf job. Best golf job in the world from... Um, from Visit Scotland and Ayrshire and, and all of the communities in Scotland that manage the tourists who come and, and play golf and stay in hotels. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think we're going to win that. Um, and also, I, I don't know, like, this is our job, so I feel kind of weird about it. 
Um, anyway, I just shut the fuck up and signed up and we won. And I was like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> so we, we put our fucking boots on and, uh, we got on some planes and we all met there and, um, and we spent 16 days just about playing, I think 25 golf courses, which is a rigorous schedule. There were no days off. Um, but how can you have a day off when what you do for leisure is that what you do for, um, cash money? Although I don't ever really, it was an interesting trip because I, it was a format that I had never really done. I, I don't actually play golf for money. Um, I just, uh, I don't know exactly what I do. I think I talk, I don't, I don't even talk about golf. Maybe, well, that's what this is. This does, this isn't really a money thing. This is more of just like, I wanted to do it. And it's a fun, creative thing that kind of helps me, uh, I guess, um, I would say it's kind of the, the podcast itself is kind of like honing my craft a little bit, learning, learning about the concept of the story in verbal form because this is a verbal format or audio snowball <whistles> snowball where are you buddy there he is he's like i want a haircut <laughs> please cut my hair and make me look young again um anyway uh i lost my train of thought it's pretty early i don't know can you guess what time it is i don't even know Five twenty a.m um and um so anyway we won this thing and we all showed up and um the reason why it was different from what i normally do is they said go play golf and film it and i was like huh normally you know when we do adventures in golf or most of the other content that we make is centered around golf but it's not centered around playing golf so for adventures in golf like I don't know, the most golf I've ever played in an episode was Askernish, and we played the entire course, but I only shot like nine holes of it. Like, like we went around and did, we filmed the entire lead up to it, and then we filmed the first few holes, and then at seven or eight, I basically left the team, and they focused on getting B-roll, and then Simon and I played, I think... 10 holes without the crew also it was like getting dark somehow it was like 11 p.m so um you know and then we met up with them on 17 or 18 but you know what i mean like the playing of the golf wasn't the only content for adventures in golf so now this was very different and it was i don't know it was it, I, i'm very curious to see how what thomas does with the editing i think you know it's going to be hard to fail but it's going to be different from what you're used to if you if you're a fan of adventures in golf um it's going to be a learning curve which 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 is one of the main um you know uh, factors that that was in it for me as far as doing the trip i mean obviously i wanted to go to scotland and play golf with my friends um and have someone else pay for it <laughs> right i mean come on that's fucking that's that's can we just take a step back and realize how unbelievable that is there were moments there where I was like, what the fuck is going on? We're all here. Stuart came from Australia. Hafer came from Philly. I keep saying Philly. Well, no, he did. He flew from Philly. Uh, Colt came with me from Los Angeles. Galloway showed up. Chris Reeves came out. Um, I mean, people just showed up. And, uh, you know, it was just one of Matthew came out. You know who you are with the cookies, my guy. Um, so many great new people, so many old people. We met people there. And there were times out there where I was just like, holy shit, I cannot believe this is happening. What a gift. What a dream, right? Um, it's been an interesting year, you know? It's been a very interesting and unusual year. And I don't know. I mean, I get messages like, how do I get your job? And I do not fucking know. I don't know. I don't I don't understand any of this. This incredibly lucky year, right? I mean, we start off, we go to the PGA show, have fun. No big deal. All of a sudden, I'm at Waste Management, and the night before, they're like, do you want to play in the Pro-Am? And I'm like, what? The, you mean the one tomorrow? 
on Wednesday? And they're like, yeah, you want to play with Charlie Hoffman and Larry Fitzgerald? And I was like, uh, I don't have any clubs or any golf shoes. But yeah, I'll play in sneakers and rentals and bomb the ball. I played really well that day, actually. <laughs> no one hit the fairway on one, and I literally obliterated this weird driver that I had never hit. Up, draw up the right side. Then I hit the green. I was one foot inside Charlie Hoffman on 16. Anyway, that's a crazy life experience. That alone would make it a good year. And then the next thing I know, I come home from playing. I literally go back to my hotel room that Wednesday. And Ashley Mayo calls and says, do you want to go to Augusta? And I was like, what? To cover the Masters for Golf Digest as a member of the media. I tell my friend Stuart that a couple days later, and he goes, oh, that means you're entered in the lottery to, to play Augusta National on Monday. And I was like, oh, my God, that's right. I forgot about that. Media members get to play Augusta. Cut to Friday afternoon of, of covering the Masters. I find out I'm playing Augusta. Play Augusta. Oh, my God, that's amazing. You know, And then continue shooting season three of Adventures in Golf. Go on one of the wildest trips, groups of trips of my lifetime. Iceland. One of the highlights of my entire life, playing golf in the middle of the night with the eternal sunset that blends into a sunrise. Basically, I got to take acid without um, you know, having to break my incredible 17-year sobriety streak. And then Japan, miraculously not getting detained or not getting arrested and, and, and forfeiting my privilege as an American citizen to travel to Japan freely. Um, you know, I just, it's just unbelievable. And then, and then, you know, these wonderful work opportunities with Vice and Adidas and all of our wonderful podcast sponsors, which we'll get to in a minute, I promise. Um, you know, and then just all of a sudden here we are in Scotland doing the trip that Stuart and I had talked about and planned for so long. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's like, I'm pretty sure that I'm about to um, get into some horrific accident because it's just been too good. You know, you got, it's like, it's like, where is the, I have a hard time believing in karma. I need to move on from subjects because I don't understand this one. I don't understand it. I don't understand how it happens. But I do know that the thing that really makes me feel better than anything else, even more than playing golf, what, what do I like more than playing golf? There's one thing that I definitely like more than playing golf. I'll take a sip of my coffee while we ponder this possible answers. Mm. That is a perfectly made cup of coffee. Um, the thing I love more than playing golf is working. I really like filming. I really like the idea that content, I hate the word content, by the way, but I'm just going to use it because I don't have a placeholder. Um, I like... I like sharing that um, piece of information. I like I like making something that people get something out of. I mean, for those of you, I don't know if I've ever even talked about it, but there was a time when I wasn't going to do any more golf shit. Like I was done. I didn't I didn't really want to do any more golf stuff. I was kind of like, eh, I don't know, man. Like I don't want to be a golf guy. I want to go do something else. I wanted to I wanted to like have a big Hollywood career of, I don't know. <laughs> I had done a pilot for ABC and I thought, oh, wow, like maybe I'll be an actor or something. No one picked the pilot up, but I, I did make money shooting the pilot, which was very exciting. It was like a travel show. It was like, it was like a, it was like kind of like a travel show and, and make random connections along the way. So it was basically also like my real life, but it didn't have any golf in it. So anyway, I, I was going to give up the whole golf thing and to go back to the idea of what I really enjoy is, is sort of sharing the moments that, um, that life can have, you know, and, and going out and living Adventures in Golf. Because Adventures in Golf is a show, for sure. And some of it's staged, obviously. I mean, me walking and standing and walking to a camera and saying, hi, I'm Eric. Uh, that's a fun line to say. Hi, I'm Eric. And this is Adventures in Golf. Um by the way, when we fly somewhere and and shoot a little bit and then finally set up that camera for the for the intro shot, 
That feels like the most comfortable pair of jeans I've ever worn. Just saying that. Came out of nowhere either. We weren't we didn't really plan that line out. I don't know where that came from. It's different in a few episodes, I can't remember. And this, welcome to Adventure Golf. And this is Adventure Golf. Hi America. This is Scratch TV. Welcome to Adventure Golf. Um but uh you know that that um I don't know. I I I I love that the most. So we were I was in Florida in January of this year, literally, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And I was talked into going to the PGA show in Florida. So I went and and here's what happened. That this and I'm getting at this main big point of what I love more than playing golf. I was walking around the PGA show and maybe like ten people came up to me uh throughout I think I was on site for I don't know, half a day or something. And they came up and they were like excited to see me and um it was strange for me because i didn't know who they were and uh but they knew me and they were like hey dude i just want to say thank you and i was like um thank you for what what did i do did i what did i do i don't know what i did please help me out here give me a little something please tell me i didn't do something wrong and then stop doing it and that's what you're thanking me for and they were like, uh, no, I want to thank you for uh, making adventures in golf. You, uh, you know, you, you got uh, so-and-so to try it with me. You got my, my husband and my wife. You got my kid. You got me excited to go play golf again. And I know some of you listening to this are having this experience potentially in your lives. And, and I get these messages. You know, one of the messages I was going to read later that had a question in it, I think, um, has to do with how we even play golf, right? Because, I mean, the problem with golf isn't that people aren't trying it. The problem is is that people aren't enjoying it enough to keep doing it, which is fucked. I mean, think about that. What is our fucking problem? We have a beautiful game that's captivated people for hundreds of years, played on a beautiful planet that people have enjoyed held sacred, prayed to, fucking spent their lives trying to figure the science out around planet Earth. And you have it played with other humans that are also wonderful creatures that are capable of incredible acts of compassion and and excitement and humor. And yet we go out and play this game that's captivating on a planet that's totally habitable as far as i know with people that are miraculous human beings and yet we find ourselves dissatisfied i mean that is fucking fucked how is that possible snowball (laughs) he's like because you're stupid eric um i mean so people came up to me and said i want to thank you i want to thank you you made you made it fun you made it exciting whatever it was and then i was like okay all right fine that that is enough. Check please. Let's keep doing golf. And let's not just keep doing it, but let's literally let's put this gas pedal all the way to the floor and let's see how long it takes us to run off the road. You know? So what I like play doing more than playing golf is to make content around golf. What I really care about the most is inspiration. And so Scotland for me was a wonderful opportunity to prove that not only to myself, but to, um, mainly to, to, to people that would pay me to do it again. You know, um, I would love to finish up these videos and have Ireland call and have New Zealand call South Africa, all these wonderful places. I've never been, I've been to New Zealand, but not for golf. That would be the goal. Because I know a lot of you out there, a lot of people watching, they're not going to jump on a plane and go somewhere. Whether it's because it's a financial thing. I mean, dude, traveling is expensive. I'm not I'm not an idiot. Before I could really afford to get on planes, I would just get in the fucking car. And uh, I had this Volvo uh, station wagon that actually was wonderful because it doubled as a hotel room and <laughs> and an office. And it had a little charger. I could charge my laptop and I would just go around and take pictures. And, um, 
you know, there's always sorts of ways to travel and there's all sorts of ways to enjoy golf. So, you know, that's my purpose. And when I stay close to that, that's great. So if you're wondering how you get a job in golf, I would say, fuck the golf part. Just say how you get a job that you enjoy. That's more important. Um, and the answer is, I don't know. But but I think what you do is you just go find what what literally makes you vibrate the most. What is that? What is going to cause you to feel the most amount of purpose and happiness that you can do, right? Um, being an Academy Award winning actor, that's hard to say that that's going to make you vibrate because you haven't, it doesn't, that's not a, that's not a purpose. That's an outcome. The purpose is something that exists despite result. Okay, fuck, I'm sorry. I've gone on a long time. Hang on one second. Okay, sorry. So, where was I? Anyway, I can't wait to share these videos. I know you know that I can't wait. I hope you know that I can't wait. Um, I'm excited to be home. Okay, let's break down the trip. Let's break it down. <laughs> I can't remember what happened, to be honest with you. We played a lot of golf. Um... I mean, I think we did a check-in. I mean, here's the thing. We played a lot of golf. We went through. Uh, I almost just burped on the mic. But I held it in, and I kind of let it out slowly. So nobody heard it. Maybe you heard it. I don't know. Jeez, I got another one. You know what I did? I took a break. You know what I did on my little break? I chugged the coffee. And now I just had to avert three burps. So note to any future podcasters out there, uh, just sip the coffee. That's, that's, <laughs> but that's not something I'm, I'm not good at sipping beverages. I was told you're not supposed to chug <sighs> even water. Did you know that? Crazy, right? Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you, you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out, and now check out this podcast. Okay. Anyway, um, I mean, I'm going to need to do this in two parts. I'll do one part today, and I'll do one part uh, next Sunday. Um, I already apologize because I was planning on doing a lot of great podcasts with locals that didn't happen. Um, let's see, uh, Merker, let's talk about Merker. Merker is, um, up in Aberdeenshire and that was up there for me. Um, Merker borders Royal Aberdeen. It's about, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes North of Aberdeen itself, which is already a pretty remote city. Um, I think it's a city. Um, we didn't, the, the sad thing is from my perspective is like, I can't tell you about Aberdeen because we just drove through it, literally plowed right through that motherfucker. Um, same with Dundee, same with Inverness, uh, same with Perth, um, Edinburgh. We had enough time to stop off and buy some shit. I had to buy some Endies and I needed to mail a package. Um, but for the most part, we were literally uh, on a whistle stop tour, the train was leaving the station all the time. So, you know, I'm sad that we didn't really get to do what we do in adventures in golf, which is we play a little golf, but then we tell you the story of the people that play that golf and, and where they live. You know, we were in Kathmandu, we had three days and we went, we all went all around and we explored that culture. So the next time we do this trip, um, wherever that be, I, I'm looking forward to having a different schedule and really giving ourselves the uh, framework to be able to do it the way that my hero, someone like Anthony Bourdain would do it, where they would really sink their teeth into it, where instead of just slamming a Happy Meal, I was very happy, but I kept burping. No. Um, so Merker was really... Wonderful course, highly underrated, very similar um, as far as um, <coughs> layout to Aberdeen, to Royal Aberdeen. Um, you know, what's the great thing about a lot of these courses is <coughs> they have this, uh, they have this totally uh, laid back entrance and situation. So you kind of walk in and you have no idea what it's going to be. 
Um, you know, Merker was exciting because it was the, you know, it was the first round with Matthew Galloway, Michelle Wee's caddy, and an accomplished golfer himself and a great photographer and a wonderful traveler. Matthew came out, um, you know, it was funny because he was like, I think I'm going to come out on Instagram. And I was like, great, whatever. Yeah, come, man. You know, you're a, you're a, you're, as long as you're down to sleep on the floor and rent a car, you can come for as long as you want, man. Um, and, and I didn't hear from him for a couple days. And then I was like, what's your deal? Are you coming? And he's like, I landed two o'clock. I was like, fuck, awesome. He's like, yeah, then I'm going to jump in the car and I'll see you there. I was like, wow, great. Okay, so he showed up. And, you know, this brings me to something that I was talking with my friend Stu Bone about, is this um, this idea of uh, people showing up, and it's almost quantum physics, right? People showed up on the trip every day, whether it was <clears throat> locals who showed up through my invitation on Instagram or whether it was, um, you know, uh, uh, friends of mine that were flying in. I think I think two people flew in to hang for a period of three to six days, seven days. And and what happens is right. So we're getting we're playing a lot of golf. We're driving. We're scramming down food. We're checking into a hotel. Checking out of a hotel. We're getting tired, is to say right. We're getting pretty tired. And what happens is when someone shows up, they bring what I believe to be called to steal the words of Laird Hamilton, units of energy. And Stu Bone really put me on this um, when I saw him on Monday. We met and uh, he uh, he dropped off the goods, a.k.a. my dog, Snowball. And um, so anyway, what, what happens is when people show up, units of energy are transferred quite, quite instantly and quite noticeably. Um it immediately, well, I don't know what it is, but it's, there's a level of excitement because it's all new to them. And because all of a sudden the dynamic has shifted. You know, I have a, one of my best friends. We hang out a one-on-one a lot. And uh, we went to yoga class the other night and ran into a third friend. And the third friend, I don't know that well, but my good friend here does. And all of a sudden the dynamic completely shifted in a wonderful way. And all of a sudden we were making all these jokes and da da da. And prior to that, my one friend was sort of going over the uh, difficulties of a current um, life situation, right? Which is important, right? I'm not, I'm not saying that's bad, but, but he was kind of in it. He was in the shit, you know? And I was just listening and trying to be helpful and you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden we run into Paul over here at the yoga class and it's just like fucking Saturday night live. And we were all laughing and, so it exists everywhere. And and that's really why I'm beginning to realize when I reverse engineer this, that's why I like playing golf with people that I don't know is because, my goodness, what could this ingredient offer to the mixture that I already know to be wonderful? And, um, you know, so that, and that brings me to kind of one of the letters I want to read in a minute where someone doesn't enjoy playing golf with someone, but yet they feel beholden to play with them because they're family. Now that's complicated. <coughs> so we'll get to that. But but anyway, Matthew shows up and with him brings an excitement. Right? The guy knows his fucking G, right? He plays it. He's he was pro, played on all sorts of different uh professional golf tours. I mean, the guy has a course record. He's fucking he's got five hole in ones. He scared the hole many times on our trip. Um, you know, and just shows up. And so we show up to Merker like pumped, like 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 it was like it was as if the trip had began again. So Merker was a really wonderful learning experience for me that 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 actually taught me something about something that I already th- uh, kind of felt. You know, it was kind of like um, it was kind of like uh, when a psychologist explains why you love the color blue. I don't know if they can do that actually, but supposedly the color green is very relaxing. That's why they have green rooms. And the color blue is associated with trustworthiness. That's why if you have a job interview, you should wear the color blue. Um, red is obviously the color the tiger wears on Sunday. Um, but anyway, to, to understand really, that was a big takeaway for me. Is like that's one of the things that I, I that's one of the things I really get um, high on is that is that newness and that and that new person and that excitement and that potential for um, connection. And so learning that at Merker, that units of energy that Matthew Galloway brought 
that was really wonderful. And and not to under, you know, everybody brought it, no matter who we played with. I mean, we also played with, um, uh, we, we, oh, fuck. See, I'm going to mix up names. I believe it was Scott um, and... He, I, I, I may be missing up the name, but we played with a wonderful gentleman at Merker who brought me what's called the ski and do, which is like a, a small knife that goes into your uh, knicker when you're wearing a kilt. And a wonderful, kind guy owned a hotel down in Aberdeen, came out, had a wonderful day, right? And so there you go. We've got me, Colt, Stewart, and then you've got Galloway showing up, and you've got Scott showing up. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's Scott. Scott, if it's not if 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 your name is not Scott or if your name is Scott and I'm now I'm realizing like I don't know you, that's not true. I'll remember your face forever, but the name might have gotten muddled into everything else, but I remember everything else more or less. But the the that that was a wonderful round, right? And Merker is just one of these wonderful, mysterious little tracks where, you know, one of the things I like is I love these like Dunes land properties. You know, Port Marnock in Ireland, the old course. Um, all of those properties are relatively flat links land courses. And so from almost any tee box or any green or any fairway, you can almost see the entire golf course laid out in front of you. Port Marnock is actually more hilly uh, at times than um, the old course. But, you know, I'm talking about a fucking, like, a winding road, right? La Hinch, um, you know, more like Pacific Dunes rather than Old Mac. Uh, I'm talking about, um, you know, uh, uh, Askernish. I'm talking about Royal County Down. Never played it. Never played Royal County Down. Um, and so we've got this. Uh, we've got this wonderful day ahead of us, Merker. You know, again, every course we played, 25 courses, the best greens in the world. And you realize that's because it's just designed for golf, like. Literally, it's just golf. Scotland is nothing other than golf. That's not true. It's a lot of things. But, you know, we've had, there was a funny joke as we were playing Leave and Links with Finley. And I said, hey, what kind of grass is this? And he said, huh? It's grass. And I was like, no, but is it is it this type of grass? Like Bermuda? Rye? Creeping Bent? Championship Banger? Whatever. I don't know. What is it? He's like, no, it's just grass, man. And you realize that in its DNA, Scotland births golf. It just it just happens. It doesn't even it doesn't even try to happen. It just happens. And so that was uh, that was like a great example of Merker, right? It's just naturally a golf course. It's not pitch perfect. I mean, there are there are little spots here and there. It's not perfect, but the tee boxes were wonderful. Really, all set back into these dunes on the water. It kind of made its way. From the clubhouse, it took a right turn and went south for a handful of holes, and then you take a left, and you're just on the water the entire way back, um, downwind off the left, which is great for my draw. I would just hoist it up there on the left and just let it hang, and then you make your way home into the wind. And so, Merker was one of these great examples of one of the one of the funnest times we've had at a relatively innocuous golf course. Nothing fancy at Merker, right? Um, they had the Walker Cup there, um, I believe. Oh, fuck. You know, I could be mixing all this up. I should have notes, you know, but I don't. I don't have notes because this is not an infomercial. One more coffee. Um, you know, and uh, as we continued on, you know, um, we played, we just played so many great courses. I don't even know where to start. I literally should have a script and notes. Um, Western Gales for me will still be my favorite course. Um, Royal Aberdeen was a close second for me. Royal Aberdeen right next door to Merker, right? Royal Aberdeen, wonderful, wonderful, random connection. Jordan White, fucking major thanks man he hit us up and said look i i'm just i'm wondering if you have time to play royal aberdeen so we went out there and played we squeezed it in we added 36 we made it a day we played 13 or 14 and jordan had had the infinite wisdom of parking his um bmw x5 in the middle of the 14th uh, uh t-box right there 
and just parked it on the golf course. And so we came up to 14 and it was dark as fuck. And we all just jumped in the car, all seven of us somehow. Peter Finch was there for that round. Um, Galloway sat in the back. Uh, and we just had a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, also, uh, Matt came out, or Mark, or Matt came out from Trump Aberdeen. He worked there. And, um, you know, it was just another example of just wild, wild country. No, that's a documentary. Wild, wild west. Wild, wild Scotland. And... Um, you know, it was, it was, uh, Royal Aberdeen has what Merker has with, um, with a little bit more, it felt like from what I could tell, uh, the, the kind of immediate kind of community also it was in a little better condition, which I mean, doesn't hurt. Um, uh, I know Royal Aberdeen had the Walker cup. I might be fucked up about Merker, but Royal Aberdeen, just an incredible front nine. Incredible. Every hole, just curiousness. Just what is going on? Where do I hit the ball? So exciting. Greens, again, all the greens. I'm not going to talk about greens anymore because they're all wonderful. Then it becomes about green complexes. How are they building the green? Sort of, is it sort of a dimple raised into this like lowered bowl? What is it? Where does, how does it slope? How do you come into this motherfucker? Are you coming in high? I try to hit the low shots, but yeah, I'm, not, I'm not good enough at golf to have two golf games. I have one golf game, and I'm just trying to figure that one out. Um, but Royal Aberdeen had what Merker didn't have, and Western Gales did. It had a clubhouse right there by the first tee that felt like you were inside of a book that smelled really, really old. And so Royal Aberdeen has this kind of literally a guest book right there, right there that you can walk inside of. And it's got really old carpet. And it's got people that are there. And Merker had that, but it's just different, you know. And, and that's what would make Merker laid back. And that's what would make Merker cheaper for guests. That's what would make Merker less busy, um, you know. But but I buy into that shit. You know what I mean? That that's something for me that I'm gonna look at, and and because that's a big part of golf for me at Wilshire, my home course in L.A. is just showing up and being like, "Hey, everybody!" It's it's the golf starts on the first tee, but I mean, it takes you a while to get there. You know, it takes you a while. It takes you a lot of people to say hi to and to and to enjoy their company and their eye contact, right? So for me, a golf club. If I'm gonna look at like the best, if I'm gonna talk about Western Gales. I'm going to talk about every goddamn minute on the property from when I drive in and from when I drive out because that's all the experience. There's no, I can't separate them. I'm not going to say, oh, best course I've ever played. I'm not able to do that. I'm not smart enough to do that. Go to the fried egg if you want that. He knows about that shit. I'm pretty novice when it comes to looking at the golf course. I mean, I know what's interesting, but honestly, overall, I'm going to, I'm going to judge a course much more by its scenic nature probably, and by its condition rather than its brilliance in architecture. I mean, anyone can figure out about architecture when you've been on a course and you can't distinguish a single hole from the other, but that's not something we really run into very much. Um, you know, and then of course you've got how courses have changed over the years, right? Like, like current, current layout versus original layout. So anyway, Royal Aberdeen, you have a piece of my heart up there. Western Gales to to go back is uh, is a wonderful course down there in Troon, um, and boy oh boy, boy oh boy, that's a special special course. Some would say most underrated golf course on earth. You walk into the clubhouse; it's literally like walking into a, a set from a movie. The locker room has skylights and it's beautiful wood and there are sort of little indentations in all of the benches and the lockers have all these hangers on them and the lighting was incredible. And then you sort of trek out to the first tee, which is almost essentially dead center of the golf course. The first tee is really in the middle of it all. And you're facing... Uh, west. No, you're facing 
east, the the water. I'm confused. No, I'm right. The well, I don't even. Know. It doesn't matter because you walk out of the first tee, and on your way out to the first tee, you're facing directly at the water. You know, it's perpendicular to your. It's parallel to your shoulders. Does that mean make any sense? When you walk out of the first tee, there's water to the left and to the right and straight. Does that make sense? So you're walking directly to the shore. And the first tee interrupts you. And there's a little tiny starter shack. And they give you a, you know, I asked, do you have any tees or a pencil? And they had both, but no markers. The pencil was a white pencil. The tees were white. There was no logoed material. They weren't trying to sell me the story of Western Gales. They were merely allowing the experience to just be blank. You do whatever you want to do here. We're not trying to sell you shit. And uh, at Western Gales, we were joined by Stefan Hinmarsh, a wonderful young member there who was allowed to play as a fifth in our group. Jamie came out, who's obviously one of the main, uh, you know, catalytic people involved in organizing this entire trip, conceiving it, making it happen. And so Jamie came out and walked several holes with us. Rachel McQueen came out for some of the back nine. Joe the caddy, Joseph was there. Wonderful, wonderful man. Um, And we all played golf, right? Hafer was there. Stewart wasn't there yet. And and you just take a right, right? And it's a short par four. I opened with a birdie, which obviously helps. Um, But you make your way out four holes. And then you take a left and you take a 180 and you double back and you've got about 11 or 12 holes totally into the wind. Every tee box hikes its way up to the water where you've got an incredible view. Incredible par threes. And then all of a sudden the round's over and you're like, what the fuck just happened? On the back nine on some of the closing holes, the tee box goes right up against the train tracks and the train just whizzes by. We experienced our first bit of rain. It rained quite a bit, actually, on the back nine. Got kind of wet. I mean, it was just a really, you know, I think one of the things that's really valuable for me is underrated. Overrated shit, I'm I'm just, I don't know why. I want to know why I don't get down with that, but I don't. Um, so anyway, Western Gales is up there for me as, as, as being my favorite course we played, given all those things. I hope that I hope that the video of Western Gales can really transmit the reality of the experience. It never will, but I can try. Um, oh, let's see. Hang on. All right, I'm going to switch over to um, a message here. Um, Eric. Listening to your podcast has been a great. Pl- I'm going to get back. I'll I'll do another podcast on Sunday where we go over more of Scotland. If you want to know anything, just let me know. Um, I don't know if you have any questions or whatever. I hopefully will be a little bit. Um, I'll, I'll have other things to talk about. I'm sure. Um, this is an email uh, we just got here. Listening to your podcast has been a great pleasure. While working, I have. While working, I have it on whenever it comes out and it gives me the mental stimulation I need. You help me change the way I look at golf in my own life. I love the idea you have about just saying yes to everything and generally just putting yourself out there. For me, I struggle with saying no to things. I struggle with saying no to things um, and doing uh, what I want to do and not worrying about letting people down. I regularly do things with people, particularly in golf, that I just don't want to do and just end up with me being unhappy. This is interesting, right? Because... Um, I, I don't have this problem, and I know people do. So this this is an interesting departure from my philosophy, right? Which is, you know, just say fucking yes to everything. But then you end up with being annoyed sometimes. And this happened in Scotland, actually. Um, there were a couple times where... Um, uh, how do I say this and still be politically correct? Um, why don't I just be more general? This has happened certain times where uh, you're in a situation where you're with somebody who is not really with you. Does that make sense? Right? Like, like, um, like there are times where, um, I'm just going to zoom out and be super general. Don't worry. I'm not talking about anybody who's listening. Um, where, where you're essentially living your life and someone is there with you, but they are not actually able to connect with you. And they're merely just talking at you. And they're not even really listening to what you have to say. Well, those, I get very, very impatient with those, and I basically just walk away. Because if they're not going to 
if they're not going to like do 50 50 in this deal, then fuck it. I'm out. Like I'm going to go find somebody who is. Um, and I don't feel bad about that. Like, I don't feel like that's a dick move. That's just me like preserving my own energy. Right. And I think that's an important delineation here. This is not, this is not to spend time with, um, you know, uh, people who are just going to suck your energy dry and not return anything to you. You're looking for units of energy, right? This is a great phrase. Thank you, Laird Hamilton. Okay. Um, uh, I regularly do things with people in golf that I don't want to do, and I end up with me being unhappy. For example, playing golf with my brother is not very pleasant as he gets mad and just sucks all the joy I derive from golf out of it, but I still go play golf with him. I'm not sure why I continue to do this as that as as all that happens is I get home, I'm miserable, and my wife just asks why I do it if I'm miserable. Good question. Uh, Listening to your podcast, reading your posts, and consuming other content you produce have helped me realize that I need to take a stand to avoid these situations. I want to have a conversation with my brother about this, but he isn't the most open person. I'm afraid that our relationship will further fall apart. Right. That's tough. So thank you for making me take leaps such as finally sending this email. If visualization, positive thoughts, and trying can take you as far as it has, I'm going to really work hard at making some changes and seeing what happens. Um, da 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 Okay. There's other stuff here, but I'm just going to focus on that stuff here. I mean, look, dude, M-dubs, here's the thing. I mean, yeah, dude, if you're not enjoying it, then, then that, then, then that, that has to go in. That's, that's like the early part of this equation, right? Of saying yes to everything. You have to say yes to shit you enjoy, I think, right? Um, I mean, there, there's like kind of this like weird thing that I've been focused on for the last couple of years, which is quite literally in almost all situations, I try to literally give my gut enough time to answer for me. And then I just fire off whatever it says. And this is true when I'm having a conversation with someone I don't know, like someone, the funny, the, fun, the funniest one was someone was like, uh, yeah, you know, I've been, uh, I've been, uh, working at a hedge fund for years. And I kind of didn't think about it. And I just fired back and I said, oh, so you're rich. <laughs> and I remember some people overheard that conversation and they started laughing and the guy started laughing and he goes, yeah, I guess you could say that. And it was pretty funny to me because I was just sort of doing what a two-year-old would do. And I was just sort of saying whatever came to my mind. And I take that as like a, a, a successful example of just, how to say that. I mean, you know, what if your brother said, let's go play golf. And you said, actually, I don't really want to, cause it's not fun. I'm going to go play golf with someone else who brings me units of energy and doesn't suck my energy dry. You can say that dude. Like you can actually say that. And you, and you know why you can say that is because it might actually help him. You might end up differing. You might end up having some distance in the relationship in the beginning, but in the long term, dude, you might save his fucking life. I don't know anything about other details about it. Obviously, some cases are lost. Some causes you can't you can't help. But I mean, you're his fucking brother, dude. And whether you like it or not, you're tethered in a way that your few people are. Um, one of the main ways I like to address situations like that is, hey, can you help me out? And if you ask someone for help, they're typically they they sort of drop a few daggers. Hey, can you help me out? I, 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 uh, I have a hard time playing golf with you because you're so angry because <laughs> you think that you're better than you should be. Or, hey, I got you a copy of Zen Golf. What do you think? Check it out. And if he doesn't read it, he doesn't fucking read it. You know, you can't, you can't force him, but you can show him. I don't know. I mean, you know, but but the idea of saying yes to everything but no to some things is really valid, you know. Um, and I think the gut knows, and and the and the gut knows the more you ask it to know, the more you rely on it. Um, I uh, I really love those moments when when the gut is funnier than the brain, and it just can sort of respond to things totally in the moment. Because I mean, what the fuck is there other than the present moment they're really and not to get all like you know fucking burning man on you but that's really all there is so if you're spending time with someone and they're grinding you down you might as well call them on it and i do that um 
and I played golf with someone the other day who's we're having a fun round and he's out there like hitting multiple balls and he's like talking about what's happening with his golf. He's like, oh, that's going right. And I'm like, I know. I'm watching it. <laughs> you know, like, dude, no one gives a fuck how you play. I don't care how you play. I care how you play if you're going to have fun with us. But I don't, I don't want to hear you talk about your shit. I don't want to hear you. I, and here's the thing. I do it too, right? I'm totally guilty of it. The doldrums of golf, the, the sort of murky backwaters of losing your swing are very scary. And it happened to me in Scotland. And, you know, it affected my round. It affected my pleasure. It affected my memories of it all. But I do understand also that that's why I play golf. And as long as in those moments as well, I can at least see the light at the end of the tunnel and at least know that while I may not be able to produce a laugh right now, I will be soon. And then what I do is I switch into a different mode. I look at the trees. I, I try to do my job a little better, fly the drone, whatever it is. So anyway, the sun's about to come up. The sky is dark blue. I hope you're enjoying your Thursday. I hope that the stories of Scotland will inspire you to travel there if you haven't been already. Um, I hope that uh, I hope that uh, you have a pleasurable couple days until I talk to you again on Monday. Um, and and like I said, email the Eric Lang Show at gmail.com if you have any ideas um, and let me know what you think about it, about what what else you'd want to hear about or any specific questions. All right, yada, yada, yada. I'll see you in the shower. I don't know. That was a new one. That came from Kyle. Kyle, if you fucking embarrassed me, it's his fault. It's not my fault. Have a great week, everybody. Take care.